Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com. It is December 17th. We got Monday Night Raw to talk about a new era, so they said. Lots of stuff that was uh, speculated that would unfold. Uh, this show brought to you by FightfulSelect.com. If you were a subscriber to FightfulSelect.com, right now you can see my match ratings. You got an update on the call-ups, and you got the information that call-ups were going to happen. I didn't have enough to publish a report on Fightful.com, so I posted shortly before this show that several call-ups were planned, although uh, no timetable was given on those. Also, I put on there that I was told that Kevin Owens was way closer to being ready for a return than almost anyone expected, but that's not it. This morning, I posted pay-per-view leftovers. It's where I put together a card based on people who weren't on the pay-per-view. This weekend, myself and Simon Willis had a Fightful Books It podcast. Q&A edition, where you all asked us how we would book certain talent. There was the Weekender from Steven Jensen, where he talked about SCI trios. He talked about Aldis versus Jake Hager, Ring of Honor Final Battle, the TV tapings, uh, Ring of Honor TV, Impact TV, BTE, WWE, TLC, any other combination of initials you could think of. I had an exclusive on the Ring of Honor Dojo news that came out about how Future of Honor is doing live events. We have our Back in the Day clip where I interviewed Matt Hardy in character. I did a Q&A podcast. I answered 70 questions. You all can ask unlimited questions there. You had early access to Joe Holbert's column about Baron Corbin. You have early access to my story about Dave Lagana. You got the NXT Review Podcast, NXT uh, and 205 Live Podcast. Early access to my David McClain interview. Uh, He's from uh, Glow, uh, Women of Wrestling. Just a ton of stuff. I'm done shilling it, my friends. If I haven't sold you on FightfulSelect.com yet, probably not going to, so just check it out. But tonight, I am joined by Alex Palowski, and I understand, Alex, you are also ushering in a new era. Yeah, it's a uh, fresh start for me, too. Um, decided I'd uh, host the podcast from now on as a snowman, because it makes just as much sense as some of the fresh start, new changes they're making on Raw, so, you know, why not? 
So tell me, you're you're in Wisconsin right now, Milwaukee, yeah. correct? Yep, yep, that's true. As we know, great storylines happen in Milwaukee. Yeah. It is 26 degrees there right now? Yep, currently, yep. You're safe, to, you're good to go right now. Yeah, I'm good to go, yep, no, it's absolutely true. Um, you got highs in the 40s this week. Right. It, yeah, it's uh, tough. I might have to crank up the AC to pre- pre- prevent from melting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid so. There, there's a lot of lot of plugs I could get into right now, but since I just went off in that Fightful Select tirade, I'll opt against that. Uh, we are here for every post-Raw, post-SmackDown programming note for next week. Uh, I should be around for the new or the Christmas Eve episode of Raw and, and a post-show podcast. Alex will be traveling New Year's Day, I'll be doing a Raw post-show podcast. I will not be here as the clock strikes 12 on midnight for New Year's Eve. Uh, in fact, we are doing that show the next day at noon. I'll be here to talk about it. But we've got a lot of other stuff coming up soon. UFC 232, Wrestle Kingdom, right after the holiday season. I hope you all join us. And I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Leave a thumbs up on this video if you would be so kind and subscribe. We kicked off this show with Vince McMahon coming out. Now, this this was this is the break glass in case of emergency thing that they always seem to do, Alex. Anytime the ratings are low, the viewership is really low, they, they bring out Vince McMahon. And it yep. wasn't just Vince McMahon, it was Stephanie McMahon, and then it was Triple H, and then it was Shane McMahon. Yeah. What what had you anticipated for this? Um not this. I mean, I, I figured it was going to be uh, Vince and Stephanie. I didn't think they were going to bring out Hunter. I damn sure didn't think they were going to cross. I mean, this is crazy. We're going we're gonna to bring over SmackDown people, and now the SmackDown people are going to be running Raw, and the Raw people are going to be running SmackDown. It's chaos. I guess you could call it Christmas chaos. It could be Christmas chaos, yeah. Full disclosure, guys, Alex said, yeah, I'm going to take this this mask off because you won't be able to hear me. And I said, Alex, we can hear you surprisingly well. Yeah, it's good. It is good. I, I like that it matches the sweater. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I was, you know, fully. Uh, Fashion is important on Fightful.com. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, if it's important to you guys, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon uh, really hammered this home. But Stephanie says, we haven't been listening to the audience, but this is in a completely kayfabe perspective. And I saw you took exception to that, but when when I see them do that, I'm like, that's that's the way they have to go. If that's their way of saying, we get it, we realize, we understand, but they blame it on Baron Corbin, I'm okay with that because you don't want those nine-year-olds in the crowd saying, Dad, what the hell are they talking about? Storyline writers? What's a storyline writer? Right, and I, I don't need them to do that. The problem I have with it is that they conveniently forgot that Stephanie put Baron in charge and told him to do a bunch of the stuff. It was she that fired Kurt Angle, at least sent him on vacation. Baron was just there as like the constable for a while. Then she promoted him to interim general manager. It was her doing. She did it. Everything that Baron did, he did at the behest of Stephanie McMahon. So for her to come out and be like, it's all Baron's fault. That crazy guy doing crazy stuff. I certainly didn't think that was very good. That's just a lie. You're lying to us. Triple H looks in good spirits after his surgery last month. But in a kayfabe perspective, 
you had four characters who have traditionally on WWE programming been politic crazy, starved for attention, and valued themselves over others as authority figures and just wrestlers oftentimes. Yeah. All of these people have won championships via selfish, nefarious methods. All of them. Yes. (laughs) And they're saying, no more. The tyranny (laughs) is over. And I'm thinking, hold up. Yeah. Hold up now. Yeah. I I wish I could think of a a dictator to compare them to that that perhaps what was just a little evil, not like super (laughs) genocide, you know, just a little bit evil. (laughs) Right. No, they're, you they're, just do that. There used to be, you know, a, a lot of, you know, what they used to call benevolent despots that ruled their country with an iron fist, but weren't like, you know, like, like commit genocide or anything. They were just like absolutely firmly in control. No one questioned their authority. And, you know, that was it. There wasn't anything else to it. They weren't like, you know, rounding up people and putting them in camps. They were just, you know, firmly in control and there was no Congress to like, Checks and balances. That's what these people are. Shane says the same thing about SmackDown Live, and I'm thinking, hold up, homeboy. Just because you haven't been around on SmackDown Live doesn't mean we haven't. It's been an okay show. Paige, I I tweeted to somebody, has been probably the most consistent WWE character in years. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. This this is weird. Uh, This is something that I I tweeted out that um, uh, on a classic episode of The Simpsons. Uh, Homer says that alcohol is the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. And that's what the authority is in WWE. They are the cause of, and they present themselves as the solution to all of WWE's problems. Um, Like you can't, I, I think it's fine. Like they can present it in kayfabe. Oh, it's all Baron Corbin's fault. He was in charge of all of this terrible stuff, but Anyone with a brain who's been watching the product should know, no, he's just playing a role, a role that you saddled him with. It's your fault this is like this. So I'm really not talking like, hey, how dare you guys present this to me? I'm really saying to Sacramento, guys, don't. I mean, Baron's just doing his job, man. They gave him a script and he performed the character. Why are, like, it, it was, a, it felt like they were not... The, we were having our intelligence actively insulted and they didn't just, they just went with it. And it felt like you guys could have, you know, been smarter about it. Aaron Corbin comes out to giant booze and an abrupt commercial, just bam, 10 minute yeah. mark. Yeah. It was weird. I think the problem is, I mean, it was, I didn't feel like they had less commercial breaks over the course of the, of the night and they, they had to like smash one in here now because we, we're not going to be able to use one later. Like even the gauntlet match at the end had lots of commercials in it. So I don't know. It's a, it's a new era and a fresh start. Maybe that means more ad breaks. This was abrupt, just like almost rude in its abruptness, yeah. but apparently they kept the Baron Corbin tries to talk and gets booed thing going through the commercial and good for them. They had to do some house show related stuff, but yeah. this continues even longer than they expected. And everybody was kind of freestyling in the ring about it. Corbin isn't happy. He says what happened to him last night wasn't fair. And it wasn't something he was prepared for. And I'm thinking, you know what Raw needs? More of these 20-minute talking segments that that I loved so much in 2003. Yeah. Uh, th- I mean, listen, this whole thing comes down to, listen, we haven't been, we haven't been paying attention to what our audience wants. 
And now you are the authority. What you want, that's what we're going to give you. So they think we want this. Yeah. 20 minutes of talking segments, um, rematches from last night's pay-per-view, the same stuff we've seen over and over and over again. No, we didn't technically have a rematch from last night's pay-per-view. Well, not necessarily a technically rematch, but like rehashes of stuff that happened last night. Uh, Also, no mention of the fact that we have an absentee champion on Raw. Like, if this is a new era and you're really doing what the fans want, there's no way Brock can walk out of the Royal Rumble with a a title. They they bring up absentee management, and I'm thinking, homeboy, Shane was absentee management. Yeah. He wasn't there for a long time, to the point that I forgot about him. Yeah. Didn't even remember the man existed. What? Okay, so let's go ahead and expand here. Baron Corbin gets put into a match where his general managership is put on the line. I'm okay with that. Now, before we talk about that, I want to talk about this this promo. Now, I'm I'm okay with this promo going 20 minutes mm-hmm. because the crowd was there and they were into it, and the crowd was all about these four people letting Baron Corbin have it. I'm cool with it. I had argued on the list in your boy, and maybe even our podcast, Alex, that WWE is in a position not to where I think they have to, but where they really should become not not a babyface territory, but a listen-to-the-crowd territory. Yeah. A lot of people like to point to this fabled casual fan as if there are some pocket of casual fans who will watch once every month or so that directly hate the thing that the, the actual paying customer does. Right. You, you know what I like? People who pay. That's what I like. I, I think it's weird that the casual fan is is actually like people use that, but what they what they mean is people who loved wrestling in 1998 and think it should be that way now, and and like well, that's not casual. You, you were hot like in 1996, <laughs> fucking Power Rangers, man. I was a fan, a fan. I'm not watching it no matter what. Yeah, no matter what, The Simpsons. I'm not tuning into that no matter what. Sometimes you grow out of stuff. Yeah, The Simpsons could tell me that I am on an episode next week and I still might not tune into it. Right. It's it's yeah. just the way it is. People grow out of stuff. And the idea that there is this mythical casual fan that would be like, oh, my, would tune in and in mass say, wow, I know all those people in this live crowd like this, but screw it. There are going to be some people that do that because human beings are individuals and they think yeah. individually and entertainment is subjective. But I am not with this idea that it's like that, that a casual fan is going to tune in and be like, Oh man, the Ascension. Wow. They're <laughs> great. And, and the hardcore fan doesn't agree with them. I think that honestly it would by and large, probably to the tune of about 70 to 80%, have some major crossover with what the people who show up to that show, the people who tune into that show, the people who watch this show, the people who buy merchandise, what they like as well. I think that is an accurate reflection. And those people are spending money. Yeah. hmm. Baron Corbin, either way, has his opportunity to retain his general managership. Yep. He's facing Kurt Angle. Now, when when I hear that, I'm like, ah, I don't know if from a kayfabe perspective, 
I think that Kurt has a good shot against Baron Corbin. So I'm glad right. that they added these bells and whistles. Well, sure. Kurt first came out. Well, I thought, okay, I, again, it's weird to have Stephanie McMahon come out and be like, I'm great and you all like me now because I hate Baron Corbin. And to prove it, I'm going to bring out this, my fighting champion, Kurt yeah. Angle, who I personally said to hit the bricks. Excuse me, sir. Like, she kissed him once. So who are you to say? <laughs> who are you to say? He patted him on the back while he kissed uh. So yeah. as this match continued, and really through the first commercial break, Baron Corbin was getting the best of this. And fr- from that perspective, it made sense. They didn't announce all this extra stuff until it looked like Kurt Angle was in a little bit of trouble. Then they're like, okay, Kurt, we're going to bail you out here. Keep in mind, Triple H, who wrestled Kurt Angle at WrestleMania this year. Right. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon, who uh, fired Kurt Angle. Shane McMahon, who was thrown through a plate glass window mm-hmm. by Kurt Angle. <laughs> yep. But it, it's it's brought out that it's it's a handicap match. You have Rude Gable and Apollo. I yeah. am still amazed every time that Gable's Rude Salt hits. Yeah. That is an impressive double team maneuver. It is. Uh, I I think I, I get what they're doing. Like with with Corbin, like ah, a little taste of your own medicine. Remember how you for several weeks would come out and say, "Oh, I forgot to say it's a handicap match," or "Oh, I it, I neglected to mention it's a no disqualification match." Well, haha, hoisted by your own petard. And yeah, fine, but I, okay. It's so weird for these people. Like we all know, you guys have been basically on screen dicks for most of the time that you've been in WWE. So to come out tonight and be like. Ah, we hear you. We're on your side. You're the authority now. We're all baby faces, right? It just feels like it's just so slapdash and like they expect us to just forgive everything immediately. And I'm like, I don't believe you. Yeah, I'm open. I'm a little optimistic, but, and and there are going to be some people that say, oh, why don't you put a hard reset on your attitude? And I'm like, well, because I don't work like that. I got to cover the show objectively (laughs) still. And I often point out, I'm so much more, lenient on (laughs) lenient on like those retro reviews like people say you seem a lot more optimistic and i'm like yeah i don't have to worry about whatever dumbass thing wcw did on nitro the next week after i cover world war 398 right so i have to worry how how will this look how how will this be and i think they, they 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 didn't hit a checkmate tonight but i think they moved a lot of chess pieces around and did a lot of positive things that could have ramifications down the line. Uh, so this is then made a no DQ match. Heath Slater is the referee, uh, you know, ass kicking buffet here. Angle slam gets the win. I do like that when the crowd chanted, we want tables. They were like, all right, we're going to go get this table. Let's put them <laughs> through it. Why not? Although the commentary was amazingly patronizing. Oh, so throughout most of the night, it was just, it was, yeah, it was bad. Ah. Ah, just didn't I didn't left a sour taste in my mouth for much of it. Yeah, but I do like that they that was a good good way and a nice audible that was called to say, all right, well, we're going to do this, we're going to try it. Now, I hope to God they don't start chanting for tables every single time. But yeah, Finn Balor versus Dolph Ziggler. We get a dropkick from Ziggler that leads us to a commercial break. Uh, we come back and see Balor in control as he gets an eye of the hurricane and a sling blade. Ziggler reverses the front drop kick into a big DDT. Zigzag follows, but it's a two count. McIntyre comes out and distracts Balor to the point where Ziggler got a fame master, probably my favorite spot of the match. 
Then Drew takes out both guys, and I'm thinking, eh, maybe not the new Raw direction, I'm thinking. But if, if we get a triple threat out of these two, or out of these three, I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I'd be all right. They're filming Raw right now. I'll do a spoiler post when it's when that Raw is, is done. But what do you think of this match, Alex? Uh, Finn and and Dolph went out there and they they tried to have a fantastic match and the whole time I was I was thinking to myself okay new era let's see let's watch it let's see what happens what's the crazy stuff is Lars Sullivan gonna come in and and run in like what's what's the new stuff oh it's Drew Drew's, Drew's running in well that's fine I mean that's that's the continuation of the the angle they started last night um that that makes sense okay cool. They're going to get to the new and the new fresh start, the new era stuff. That's going to come in the next segment. Okay, I'm just going to wait. So the most of the night I was just waiting for the, the new fresh start and the, the new era to start, and uh, and I, 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 I didn't see it yet. Dean Ambrose came out. We got more of the all you people thing while he trolled Seth Rollins and <sighs> him into coming out. Yeah. I thought that after the misfire that was last night, they were going to drop that. They didn't. Yeah. It, it it does it does seem like it was one of those things of like oh I see yeah so um it was it was probably just stuff that the the wrestlers were doing that's why they had Seth Rollins apologize for what was going on I I heard everything they were saying and I apologize that's on me no Seth that's not on you that's on the WWE for completely messing up what should have been a white hot feud um so so the fact that they had Dean come out and double down on the you people promo. Which is what kind of, you know, killed, killed off the killed off killed the feud, because they had him come down and double down on that, as well as have Seth later in the night say, "That's on me. That's my fault. I did this. I am the one to blame for why they were saying this is boring." Um, it, it just shows to me that I don't think you actually are listening to the fans, or you maybe you're hearing stuff, but you just don't know where it's coming from. So Dean Ambrose couldn't get Seth Rollins to come out and institutes an open challenge answered by Tyler Breeze. These two actually do have a measure of experience together. They were in a WWE World Heavyweight Championship tournament match against one another three years ago. I thought that this was a great way to promote the fact that Tyler Breeze had been on NXT recently. And shout-outs to Cole for mentioning that. I'm okay with this. Whoever's handy at Gorilla accepts this challenge. It makes sense. It gets somebody on TV. It's yes. an NXT name drop. Yes. It was a perfectly fine match, too. Absolutely. I, I thought when he came out, I was like, we're going to get like 15 seconds of this before it's revealed that Seth is one of the guys in the gas masks, right? And I was like, oh, no, we're actually in a real match. Oh, cool. Seth, like, Tyler's actually getting 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 some good offense in, showing what he can do. He had that amazing match with Ricochet. Like, is this the beginning of a mini Tyler Breeze push? Um, oh, my God. Dare I allow myself to think, possibly, as part of this crazy new era thing, the shakeup, all new things are happening. You talked about how how there are going to be fresh faces coming in and some old faces are going to get opportunities they haven't in the past. Is Seth going to cost Dean the match? Tyler Breeze becomes Intercontinental Champion. Dean and Seth can have their fight without it being part of the title match. Seth can get his title match against against Tyler Breeze in a couple of weeks. Is that something we're going to get? No. Uh, Dean wins the match, uh, and then two minutes later, we get Seth. You didn't really expect Tyler Breeze to win this. 
I allowed myself to think it was possible. I didn't then they sold it. you a ticket. Great. Exactly. Right. They sold you a ticket. It works. They told me I was the authority, and what I say it's goes. A good point. It's a, it's a damn so good point. So I demand to get what I want at all I'll, times. I'll let you expect completely irrational things because of that. <laughs> Ambrose puts the pain on Breeze, but Breeze is able to come back with the Hurricane Rana, a beauty shot, and a super kick. That dirty deeds that Dean Ambrose hit was an, a good one. He good snapped one. that one with great velocity. It was a good one. Yeah, I like that one. That was one of the, the best ones I've seen him do. And, of course, Tyler Breeze taking it doesn't doesn't hurt either. A fine performance from both. Uh, Fandango is getting ready to come back. He's he's training for a return, so you have that. Good. Ambrose goes off again about Rollins not being there, but Rollins is there. He's in the SWAT outfit. Yep. Uh, maybe I should put in my stat piece. First time Rollins has worn SWAT gear in two and a half months. <laughs> but he attacks. It's a super kick. Beats up uh, Dean Ambrose. What'd you think of this? You knew this was coming at some point. Oh no! Listen, I knew Seth was one of the one of the guys in the in the gas mask. As uh, I knew it immediately, then I was just like, "When is he gonna? When's he gonna interfere? And which one of them is he?" Um, and when they got through the entire match without him interfering, I was like, "Oh, maybe he's not." Because it's kind of weird that they would let go of the entire. Oh, oh, there he is. Okay. Um, yeah, fine. Okay, great. I mean, it, it continues this feud, which we know was going to happen anyway. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I, I I feel like I feel like Seth should probably do a little bit more better background checks of his dudes in gas masks. You know, maybe. Well, here's the thing. That was covered a little bit because Corey Graves said, "Are these close personal friends of of yours and Ambrose Renee?" And she goes, "No, I don't know who the hell those guys are." Right. I like that. That was consistent. Little things yeah. like that. Yeah. Calls yeah. up and crappenings. We got some stuffs going on. I posted on FightfulSelect.com tonight that Kevin Owens was closer to a return than many expected. So is Sami Zayn. They got different vignettes. I thought this was a good couple of things to put on a show where you're promoting changing, changing, new faces, new faces. Mm-hmm. A couple of good established faces. Back in the fold. Uh, that's good news, Alex. Yeah. Um, uh, I am not super opposed to any of these call-ups. Um, I well, think the well, let's that, talk, we're talking Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens oh, right oh, now. Sorry, sorry. I, I, you broke up there for a second. I thought you were talking about that. I'm, I'm happy that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are coming back. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't know. I, I kind of loved uh, heel Sami Zayn, um, and I'm, I'm not done with him yet, especially – if he's on the same brand with with Daniel Bryan, because I just love the idea of him like sidling up to Daniel Bryan as champion back. Like, hey, told you so. Told you. Told you you would actually, you should have been listening to, to, to Kevin and I. Because that was what they were telling him the whole time. It was like, Daniel, you know, you should be you should be like us. And, and he actually did listen to them. I think that's kind of cool. Also, let's not forget that they somehow immediately turned Kevin Owens' baby face in that last match, Bobby Lashley, and it looks like they're bringing him back as a heel. Well, so, they don't know what they're bringing him back as yet. There was a discussion about that backstage ooh, this weekend, actually. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what happened. And when I was told that he was going to be ready by Royal Rumble, and that was just this weekend, I was like, really? That's double, fast. Double knee double surgery? Knee surgery? That's he recovered crazy. from that Elton John concert cancellation <laughs> way quicker than I thought he would. And keep in mind, Sami Zayn, double shoulder surgery. Yeah. He was targeting WrestleMania. Yeah. So 
this is a situation where usually they would have went the surprise route with these guys and the other call-ups, but they know that they need to build some suspense. I'm okay with the balance. For years, they have went the surprise route with yeah. stuff like this, and I am more than fine, even though your boy won't get those scoops and post them like I right. have been all year. Right. I'm okay with that. I, it's smart business to do that, to go ahead and, and promote the fact that these guys are going to be on the show. Speaking of people who are going to be on the show, Lacey Evans, Heavy Machinery, EC3, Lars Sullivan, and Nikki Cross. We're going to go by these one by one. Lacey Evans, Alex. Yeah, she's the one I have the most qualms about, but I don't think she's ever going to be a women's champion. I don't think she ever needs to be. Um, as opposed to people like Ruby Riot, who I feel like has a real future as as a top contender throughout you know this thing. So that when I when people get called up from NXT and they were champions in NXT or almost champions in NXT, and I think to myself, these guys are should have a rocket strapped to them. They're so amazing, and they come up to the main roster and they fizzle out. I go, well, I get just really disappointed. But if Lacey Evans comes up and has a little mini push and then gets pushed to the wayside, I won't mind so much. But I do think she could add something to the heel division of whatever women's show, whatever show she's on. I think, based on what I've seen, and I, I've covered her quite a bit when I did the Weekender podcast and when I covered NXT before Warren took it over for me, I was really excited for her when you had Baszler, uh, the Japanese women that came in, mm-hmm. you had Duke and Shafir, people who had come up in a background that where you had to learn how to shoot before you worked because right. she really needed that from what I've seen. Like she's got really great physical tools and yeah. just needs to refine it a little bit. And also she should treat her matches a little more like they're a fight. Like there are times I see where she should be going for a pin. She doesn't go for a pin. Yeah. And I think when you get shoot minded wrestlers like Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane and Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir and Shayna Baszler, these people who know, knockout submission pin above all else right before w- before go to the next spot go to the next spot go to the next spot i think that's something that could have really helped her i honestly hope that she gets in there with ronda rousey a little bit that's weird for me to say out loud hey i hope she gets in there with this woman who's been wrestling for nine months and mm-hmm. can really help her oscar would be a good person to help lead lacey evans uh through i, I would put her on the loops with oscar immediately and have them work together. Uh, so that, that's an interesting one. Heavy Machinery. They are, in my estimation, their ceiling is too cool if they're lucky. If they're right. real lucky. I and that's a good ceiling to have. Yeah. These guys can these guys can be will be huge uh, with kids and on the house so circuit. Like Otis Dozovich is so engaging. Like he he actually had a really good one-on-one title match with Tommaso Ciampa a few weeks ago. Yeah. Like he's he's good. Uh I think Tucker Knight hitched him hitched himself say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off to the right wagon because I think Dozovich carries that uh, that team. I think these guys could be a lot of fun. Again, if they're never champs at WWE, it's not a giant thing that I'm going to be like really upset about. Although I do love Dozer, I think he's fantastic. But I think these guys could easily be uh, a, a very good addition to either SmackDown or Raw, um, and just fill out the the, the tag team division like. Listen, if these guys are on are on SmackDown, then you you don't need to make believe that um, that the Colognes have been there the whole time when you have to fill out a Survivor Series team. You can actually use these guys instead. They're they're younger. They're they're hungry. You know, actually hungry for steaks. And like you know, push them up there. Let let them do something. I said a while back on Fightful Select. <laughs> It's like you look at Otis and you just know Vince McMahon would see him and go, ha, 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 I got to yeah. have him. Yeah, I think I think, I think, think Vince must love that guy. I got to have him and Henry Godwin. Is that who that is? <laughs> Lars Sullivan, I hope he is Braun Strowman fodder, honestly. I don't see it. I don't get it. No. I, I don't know. Yeah. I always remind myself that when they called up Elias, I said, this yeah. guy's got no shot. I'm always open to it after, after open the Elias thing exploded. So, so I don't think Lars has the tools that Elias does. Um, and it's, and I have to Google it or something, but I remember looking up and it's like, he's like six foot four or something like that. He's not he's incredible. He's a big dude, but he's, he's wide, but he's not yeah. like, he's not Braun Strowman height. So I Braun's wonder how like, Braun's like six four, isn't he? He's six eight. He listen to six eight. He's wears lifts, but I don't really know. Is he? Wow, he is not six eight. He's like six five, six six. Right. But um, Alexa Bliss is another one. Didn't have an extended great NXT run. She was or, a manager. Or Carmella. Carmella. How, look, yeah. at, look at how far Carmella has come since she got called That's up. That'll point. tell you right there that anything is possible. I, That's true. I actually I've liked some of Lars Sullivan's matches in NXT. Uh, he's he's got an interesting thing about him. I I wish they would let him do the thing they he did for a while in NXT, where he was this he was basically uh, Beast from the X Men, where he's this giant thing, this hulking beast. Uh, but he's but they let him be like weirdly like insidiously brilliant a few times. So like I'm interested in seeing like that weird um, pro- professor in a freak of nature monster body. They'll probably never do that though. I think the next two are slam dunks. You have EC3. Yep. Is he TV ready? Well, he was TV ready six or seven years ago. Uh, on honestly, he didn't need to go to NXT ever. He didn't spend. He didn't need to spend a day in NXT. He was ready when they signed him from TNA. Yeah, uh, he was the best thing about TNA wrestling for a very, very long time. And uh, uh, this is something also that's interesting about this is that this all these call ups free up a lot of space in NXT mm-hmm. for people to maneuver around. Every time EC3 wasn't in a marquee matchup on a takeover over the past year, I was like, this guy's 
super ready. He's one of the most absolutely ready guys you have on the entire roster. The, when, they, when they're not using him, it, it feels weird. Now that he's not down there, you have to worry about that. Like he's not he have to fight for space on TV. Um, he he's wherever he goes, Raw or SmackDown, that guy's ready for like just below main event right now. He gets a lot of comparisons to Bobby Roode. I would I think he's got a way higher ceiling than uh, Bobby Roode. I think he's got better matches than Bobby Roode. I'm not going to say he's a more polished in ring worker than Bobby Roode because Bobby Roode. He's very Triple H-ish in that manner. Like, he's not going to do anything that makes you stand up and go, whoa, but Bobby Roode won't mess up anything either. EC3 actively adds to his repertoire and tries new moves and steps out of the box. Look at the the Velveteen Dream match. There were things in that match you didn't expect him to do. Uh, EC3 is is such an engaging character. And he can can play the exact same character as heel or babyface. All it takes is a tiny tweak. He's mastered that character, the the overprivileged, you know, guy with the great suits and everything, the the top 1% guy. He's mastered it, and he can tweak it either way, depending on what audience he's in front of. And credit to WWE. They could have brought him in as Ethan Carter III and made that a giant rib on Dixie Carter. They really could have. And 28 years ago, they would have. 100%. 100%. They also could have brought him back as Derek Bateman and, and <laughs> pretended that he didn't have that whole chapter yeah. of his career where he went somewhere else and became a megastar. As soon as soon as Impact said, hey, we're going to allow our IPs to be used elsewhere, he trademarked that, as <laughs> he course. should have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As he should have. Uh, but he is one, if you all want some recommended viewing, maybe you're not that familiar with EC3, you want to talk about the Derek Bateman stuff, him and Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm anything yeah. uh there was an interview i did with uh ec3 a couple years ago where he went in depth about how he and daniel bryan got in trouble for rigging nxt at one point <laughs> with the how well do you know your pro thing that yeah. is worth going out of your way to see uh daniel bryan and Derek bateman on a double date with the bella twins worth going out of your way to see daniel bryan teaching Derek bateman as he would call it a submission <laughs> heel hook Worth going out of your way to see in TNA, Rockstar Spud versus EC3 in uh, the UK was unbelievable from both of them. Uh, I can't wait to see EC3 up there. I can't wait to see Nikki Cross up there too. Yeah. Hopefully it is with a reboot for Sanity. God knows they need her very, very badly. Yeah, she could easily be the the leader of that faction. And be, I mean, I, when they when they just when they started it, I was like. You're giving me this post-apocalyptic intergender heel faction in NXT with these masks and everything. Like I, I was, I was totally into it, uh, and I've, 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 I've been wanting like a, a woman to be part of a faction in, in on the main roster in, in for a while. And I think that she's great at it. And if you're gonna have Becky and Charlotte be preoccupied with what Raw, with what Ronda's doing over on Raw, then SmackDown Live could do a lot worse than having Asuka's first real challenger be Nikki Cross debuting and coming in because they had some slobber knockers in NXT. They were they work so well together. I think that'd be excellent. I would love to see, and I'm not expecting Sanity to get a Road Warriors push, but I would love to see Nikki Cross as the Paul Ellering to sure. them to where she's the one that can control them. She's yeah. the leader. She's got them on a leash more or less. And and she can handle that, and she can handle herself as well. 
this is overdue. It should have happened a couple months ago when they brought her up. Yeah, it's really I, weird that it didn't. I, 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 she got a lot of great stuff on TV and NXT. She had a couple of title matches while, while Sanity was up on 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 SmackDown, not doing anything. So she actually got the better out of the deal. But I, I just love all the stuff she does with like she when she rides Killian Dane to the ring as part of the faction. I think it's it's just great. She's fantastic. You're muted. The WWE roster is heating up. And if you want to heat up, if if you want to go from snowman to just Monday Night Wrestling Podcaster, <laughs> get a hold of some actionheat.com slash Fightful. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. You can control your environment at the touch of a button with Action Heat. They are engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels, kind of like a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. If you want to charge up your phone or your tablet or whatever, you can do that while you're wearing these clothes. It's kind of amazing. I love the shirt. I love the gloves that that I bought from them. Really great stuff. I am not a winter guy. I'm not a weather guy. If it's a light rain, it's like, all right, let me throw on some action heat. And this stuff provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body. It has men's and women's heated jackets, shirts, base layers, long johns, socks, gloves, hats. Stay warm and cozy from head to toe. The perfect holiday gift idea. There is still a week before Christmas, my friends. And you can get something from actionheat.com slash Fightful starting at just $39.99. No a skier or a snowboarder. No somebody who wants to climb Mount Everest. Actionheat.com slash Fightful. And when you go there, or you use the code Fightful, you save 20% on your order. This is one of my favorite sponsors of the show. I fell in love with their gear. Uh, anything of there, anytime somebody pitches something to me, I'm like, got to check out the product or got to buy the product first and see how it is before I'm over here, with the exception of Blue Chew, because that's just fun. But that Action Heat stuff is amazing. Actionheat.com slash So backstage, Shane McMahon is being interviewed, Alex. Ah. Approaching Drake Maverick and AOP. Drake mm-hmm. Maverick says, well, we get our mandatory rematch because we were shrewd last week. It wasn't fair. And then I, 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 I don't know if I have a damp cloth anywhere near me, <laughs> but I'm just going to wipe it. Oh, my God. You mean to tell me? The WWE didn't follow through on legal action against Fightful, and they're going to eliminate mandatory rematches? Merry Christmas to me! Yep. At least in this this situation, I hope it's permanent, Alex. I've been begging for this for a long time. Mandatory rematches back you into a corner. Why do you need them? Why do you need them? Right. The, the, The problem I have with this, though, is that Tonight, if if Drake Maverick had been the manager of a babyface team and had approached Shane McMahon and asked for a rematch, Shane McMahon would have granted it because it's just it's just them playing to the crowd, you know, and that's that's fine. Like of of all times when a champion probably deserves a rematch, it's the fact that like nobody in their actual team got pinned, um, probably grants them a possible rematch, um, and. 
the fact that 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 we'll talk about this later that that AOP didn't win the match to determine the contender if if AOP doesn't get back those belts soon then wow they have mismanaged that team since they've been up on the on the main roster those guys are great and they're just not being utilized properly so while I agree with your statement in theory in this particular instance I'm like okay fine but figure out a way to, to, to do right by AOP because your stupid writing with having Drake Maverick take the pin cost them in a way that they sh- probably shouldn't have. He took the pin in a handicap match. It was three on two. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was more of that terrible writing that, that, sure. that, uh, that came out of him peeing on a robe in a toilet that, that got, that started this whole thing. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they got screwed. It was Drake Maverick that screwed them over and he should try to put the heat on somebody else. That's what sure. he was doing. He was putting the heat on somebody else, so he didn't have it. But they're giving an op- given an opportunity in a four-way top contender match. The Revival wins, defeating B-Team, Lucha House Party, and AOP. Lucha House Party is the most goddamn annoying team. Hmm. How are they babyfaces after the last few weeks? Well, I mean, uh, the only two of them fought tonight, right? Yeah, but the the, the sound maker and all that. <laughs> you, 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 you mean... You're the Vuvu Zwilly? The Vu the Vuvu Zaleys? Yeah. As 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 no, you don't mean it's a Vuvu Zaley, says says Renee Young, who apparently was wearing track pants over a figure skating costume tonight. What the hell? Like she did, she did not look right. Listen, listen, I might tell pro wrestlers when they're bumping wrong. I'm not telling Renee Young how to dress. She's got me there. If you missed it, if, if you missed it, guy was, in a snowman sweater. Well, I I know I look fly. She did not. Jesus. <laughs> oh. They kicked the Revival's ass. We go to a commercial. Nothing really happens. BT and Revival end up duking it out. Dallas gets that Al Revor on Dawson, but Dash breaks it up. AOP come in the ring, but Dawson and Dallas band together to get them out, then launch Lucha House Party over the top rope onto them. Yep. The Shatter Machine wins it for Revival. This was honestly... A rough, sloppy match. I watched WrestleMania 20. Uh, me and my dude, Zach Schimmel, reviewed it for an upcoming retro review. And I saw a couple of four-way tag matches there. And the term I used was trying to shove 10 pounds of shit into a five-pound sack. And that's what yeah. this match was as well. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things like, okay, we're going to have the top four teams on Raw who aren't the champions in this four, in this four corners match. The Revival, who we've booked like crap for a year. Uh, AOP, who was just the champions. That's fine. But also, we probably haven't booked them very well. Lucha Dragons, who are on the Cruiserweight show. And the B-Team, who I forgot existed. Like, that's how bad your, your tag team division is. Maybe maybe a heavy machinery should go to Raw. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I have multiple people direct messaging me saying, How dare Alex? <laughs> About Renee Young's outfit. <laughs> one person who gives me scoops, another one directly in WWE. Oh no! Yes, oh, no. <laughs> I don't. I, honestly, I'm I'm not the biggest fashion guy. It looked like track pants over a figure skating costume. That's what it looked like. Oh, I'm it not a bin. Get a nerve, man! That's. I am not the only one who I only saw it because somebody tweeted a link to it, and I said, Ooh. I'm just Ooh. All right, listen, don't shoot the messenger, man. 
I thought this was a good way to not pin AOP. It's a different kind of match than we usually see. We don't see a lot of four-way matches like that. This had stakes. Almost every match on tonight's show had stakes. You had Corbin fighting for his job. You had an Intercontinental title match. You had a top contender match and then another top contender match. Almost everything on here mattered, and that, that's a good step. That's, that's a step in the right direction. That is one of those chess pieces. That's moving the horsey up three and over one, I think. I can't remember. I haven't played chess in a long time. Ronda Rousey comes out and cuts one of those weird Gatorade promos again. Hmm. Under Armour. I will protect this house as a real champion. And I'm like, okay, whatever. As long as she makes our fightful point at the effing sign uh, shirts relevant again, I'm all for Ronda Rousey heading into WrestleMania season. She issues an open challenge, and we see all the women arguing at Gorilla, and they should be. They should be fighting to get out there. Tyler Breeze shouldn't just mosey on out with his selfie stick. (laughs) He's the the only one at catering who's paying attention to what's going on in the ring. He's like, you guys want to go? No, me? Anybody? I'll, I'll go. Like, and no, but all women are right there. They're waiting for it. Somehow, these women who, in fact, do not have balls... Had them cut off by Stephanie as she goes, shut up! Brings them all out and sets them straight, Alex. That's what Stephanie's got to do. Somebody somebody sent me a tweet that said, Stephanie's probably like, hey, everybody, look how tall I am. Like, you know that she's getting that framed. But she decides that there's going to be a gauntlet match. And this gauntlet match would go 53 minutes. And some people complained about it. I like the match. This match, I, I didn't know it was going to take the whole hour. Pleasantly surprised that it did. I'm all on board with it. You got everybody on this roster time. I want to know what you think of the idea. Um, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm of two minds about it. I think it's good that the women got a lot of time. I think that they a lot, all of them showed something. Um, it's, it, was, it was for a title shot on a pre-taped Christmas Eve episode of Raw that you know the challenger can't possibly win because wrestling. So I would love this to have been like for an actual honest-to-God title shot. And, and, and because then it, it, it means something. Um, I, I, I didn't love that they booked it toward making sure that the feud between Natty and and... Ruby could continue for a while. Uh, I, I, I'm, I don't love that, that they said the crowd would rather watch Natty versus Ronda than Sasha versus Ronda. But then again, it's going to be on a pre-taped episode of Raw on Christmas Eve where the challenger has no chance of winning. So I guess it's better that Natty won. It's weird. Like all the wrestling within it was good. Um, but I, I, I don't know that I love or hate the idea of using it now like use this this match this style of match when it actually determines a real honest to goodness challenger for ronda then i think it would be better then this is is she not facing ronda rousey next week no she's facing her right now in a match that she can't possibly win because it's a pre-taped episode of raw none of these people are going to beat ronda well yeah yes i agree what what would you have rather they done here I don't know. It just, it, uh, I mean, they I, could I, do the women's tag team situation. Sure. That'd be nice. 
But yes. given what they've got now, and they got a book for next week too. Right. I mean, what, what was the alternative? Them not having anything, just completely wasting Christmas no, Eve Raw? No, 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 not necessarily. I, I like the idea of Ronda coming out and saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge somebody. Some the champ the champ should wrestle 24 hours after the pay-per-view. Um, and I guess technically she does, but in in the in canon, she doesn't because she's wrestling next week. Um, and it would be nice if if they had determined if they had been able to determine it earlier in the night and then actually had the match on this episode of Raw. I don't know. Um, it, it just it I, I love the the gauntlet as a feature, and I, I really I wish that the that whoever that whatever they won actually has some teeth to it. It's just it's just a, a thing that I have that I, I don't don't love the idea of of, of setting up a pre tape, then lying and saying it's not going to be pre taped. I mean, man, I just wish they wouldn't it's do that. Wrong Christmas Eve, man. I know, I know. I don't know what you're expecting. I know. Alicia and Bailey are the first ones up. We go to a commercial early. Bailey stun guns Alicia, reverses a pin with a crucifix for the win. Dana Brooke in next, and I got to say. Dana Brooke, limited action lately, hasn't done anything to offend me in the ring mm-hmm. lately, and that, that's a good sign, and gotten herself in great shape as well. She has improved, definitely. Actively uh, improving. Bailey to Belly finishes it off after Dana tried a lot of pins. She tried to pin Bailey a lot. Uh, Nikki James is up, James is up next. Uh, she works over Bailey with a neck breaker but can't get the win. Bailey really selling her ass off on this, this yeah. knee. Yeah. She was doing some A-plus selling. Uh, Belly-to-back suplex lands for Bailey, but I thought she was – she made herself a baby face so well in this match, Alex. Yeah, 100%. Uh, she's she's great, and it made me it made me miss when Bailey matches mattered. And like you, you mentioned, you, you just dropped the idea of, like, women's tag titles. Hey, on the episode where you say it's a fresh start and a new era – wouldn't that be the best time to mention? Yes, we're going to have women's tag team titles. Like well, that would be the best time to do that. But you know, another another opportunity to slip through their fingers. Trying to find my place here. Oh, Bailey almost gets the win on a big flying elbow drop, but Mickey grabs the ropes. Bailey to Belly gets dropped, and Bailey's dropped over the top rope. Det wins it for Mickey. Bailey twenty one minutes in this match. Ember Moon's on deck. She and Mickey counter each other heavily. Ember catches Mickey with a beautiful code breaker and an mm-hmm. eclipse. Really good spots. Ember Moon just, I'm sitting here, I'm watching this match, and I'm thinking, I got to see Ember Moon versus Sasha Banks. I got to see Ember Moon yes. versus Rousey. I got to see Sasha Banks versus Rousey. I got to see all these combinations that we're not seeing because they got to shoehorn in the Nia Jaxes and a lot of other people. I mean, I would put Ruby with any of those people I just mentioned. And I, I want to see those as well, at least sure. for an extended, extended point. Natalia comes in. There's a weird long rest spot here, rest hold here. And then she gets a win with an Okada roll. What'd you think of Ember's short performance? I think Ember's fantastic. I think she's, she sells her ass off. She's super athletic. Um, I, I love Ember moon and I, and I, I, I want her to get title matches and, and major, major parts on raw. I think that that for a while when she was in NXT, we we talked about how her promo work was so bad. We just didn't know if she was ever going to make it on the main roster, but they don't have a lot of women like talking all that much. So, and I think she approved before she left NXT. So, I'm I'm ready for for I think it's a weird deal with with Ronda as 
as not only the focal point and the champion of the women's division, but the focal point of Raw, basically, since since Brock's nowhere to be found. Like, they have Ronda there, and so you have these this feuding her with Ember Moon would seem like not big enough, small potatoes. So so I feel like as long as Ronda is this focal point of Raw, you're not going to see Ember with her, even though I think that Ember and, and Ronda could have amazing matches together. And I'd love to see it. I just don't know if I'm going to get to. Ruby Riot is up next, and they w- wrestle kind of a watered-down version of their previous matches. Natalia's suplexes uh, are very nice, very crisp. Hart uh-huh. Family suplexes are personal favorite. The Ruby STO is good. Love the finish. No water in the pool for that awesome Ruby Riot senton, and she gets pinned off of it. Sasha Banks comes in, gets her knees in the corner. Maybe the best spot of the night. Banks reversing this powerbomb with a DDT. Yeah. Oh, that was nice because I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure. And they did a callback later. This was good, Alex. Yeah, I liked that. And I also uh, loved um, getting out of the sharpshooter by rolling through it and and connecting Natty to the bottom turnbuckle, the back of Natty's head to the bottom turnbuckle. I thought that was really nice, too. Uh, these these two women work really well together. You don't, This is not a match you see very often. They've been on Raw together since the original draft, right? I don't. I mean, I, it feels like they have, um, and yeah. they don't, they haven't had a lot of matches against Natalia? each other. Natalia yeah, spent time on SmackDown. Okay, but but Sasha has been Raw the entire time, and then when Natty, came, uh, it feels like they've been on Raw for years together, and I don't recall one on one matches between the two of them. Um, they they, they can have great stuff. Sasha is just phenomenal, and she can have yeah. matches with anybody. I'd heard there's some frustration on Sasha's part based on her booking. And I was telling somebody who, who's a fan of hers, she should be frustrated. Yeah. Because I had a Sasha Banks fan say, well, I've heard that too. And is that going to get her in trouble? Is she going to get fired? And I said, no, she's not going to get fired. She moves too much merch. You think that they are going to risk her becoming the first major American female draw outside of WWE. No, they're not going to. Right now. Never let that happen. Unless she is audibly like one wrestler last year saying, get me out of here. Yeah. Then I doubt it. I doubt it. There's a a great Meteora that Sasha hits. Banks goes for a rolling DDT again. This is after some half crabs and some bank statements. There was a sharpshooter where Sasha sent Natalia's head into the buckle. It was a really good, really good work technical match. It, it, it was, I don't want to say it was like Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, because it wasn't on that par, but it was worked very similarly it, to the point to where Sasha used a half crab even at one yeah. point. So yeah. a lot of the same type of work there, and I thought it was really good. That German suplex was nice. Banks goes for that rolling DDT and walks into an alley oop. If you all don't remember what that is, Big yeah. Show used to do it all the time. If it's a power bomb where you just drop them flat on their face. Sharpshooter gets a submission. Excellent match. Rousey comes out after 52, 53-minute match, which I really enjoyed, and raises Natalia's hand. Were you expecting Ronda Rousey to judo throw Natalia? I was. Uh, if if only because they need to read the room and realize that if she's going to feud with Becky at any point, she's not winning that crowd over. And and leaning into it and having her show some some heelish, ruthless tendencies might might help matters, but I don't know how how far in the future a Becky versus Ronda match is. I just know whenever that ha- whenever that's happening, Becky is Becky is the crowd favorite in that match. 
I cannot wait to see Rousey versus Natalia. A couple people that know each other, a couple people that like each other. We have Rollins who <clears throat> gets a match with Corbin because Corbin blamed him for all of his troubles. Rollins yeah. punches him in the face. That's happening next week. Lots of stuff was made for like there were there was a lot of newsworthy stuff that came out of this show. Sure. Well, we've got SmackDown Live tomorrow night. We will be right here. Don't forget we have the Fightful uh Listen Your Boy podcast. It is Every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, our flagship show. Tune in. If you want to really support us, leave us a thumbs up on this video. It goes so go long, it goes so long uh, in helping us. iTunes reviews help us. Comments help us. Sharing our, our articles, retweeting any of those really help us. Uh, a lot of ways you all can do that without even becoming subscribers of Fightful Select. Uh, you can comment on stories on Fightful.com. Just share our stuff. Uh, like I said, we are an independent wrestling website. And MMA website and boxing website triple triple the cost of a lot of wrestling websites, and we're trying to do things the right way. Bring you guys a lot of exclusive news, and we appreciate you guys being here. I hope you guys join me next week for the holiday editions of Raw and SmackDown. Oh boy, Alex, you'll be out of town. What do you got going on the next couple of weeks? Uh Wednesday morning early, me and the wife and the youngin are flying out to Oregon, spend time. Uh, I'm spending my first Christmas uh, in my home state in like 10 years. So uh, it, that'll be fun to, to spend. My my, uh, my parents love being, love being grandpa and grandma, and uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. And just let, pawning the rug rat off on them for a while <laughs> will be nice. <laughs> uh Mr. Warren Hayes will be joining me here and there on the podcast. He's joining me for the uh, Wrestle Kingdom show. A programming note, guys, we'll be doing that Wrestle Kingdom show 5 p.m. that day. I want to give you all time. Some of you uh, don't get up and watch it in the wee hours of the morning, but you want to watch it live with us. You want to watch the podcast live with us. So we will be live at 5 p.m. that Friday. Make sure you guys tune in. Thank you guys so much for being here. Follow me at Sean Ross App. Follow him at Palowski the fourth. 